This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, do you want me to read it's it? not the one asking uh, Christina for the Amazon recommendation dude, for her. Uh, I, dude, I need to <laughs> hop on getting us paid for that. Because Honestly, you know sure. how many people I've told about that twenty-seven dollar fucking toy that will take you to the moon. Reach yep. out to the manufacturer and be I like, do. "Hey, be like, hi. I don't know I'm if you know me." Sponsors, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, what if they? They're like, "Have you tried these other?" fun things you're that like we send them to me for free and <laughs> i'll tell you which them. one i like best <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome yeah i've probably sold like probably like five or six by this point at least at you least. should be like a door-to-door salesman like i remember people used to come door-to-door <laughs> selling um like vacuum cleaners when i was a little kid you should do that with like that with sex, sex toy. toys just that one it, we actually uh funny enough have a special guest this week where our friend amy is hanging out with us drinking and um she just raised her hand and and so i know i've i've sold at least one <laughs> yes so if you hear some laughter yeah. Uh, in the background, that's that's what's happening right now. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it's a person we talk about all the time. Who yes. is gonna? It's yeah. <laughs> I love that we have a special guest. This is really so, exciting. We got an email, and the subject of the the email came through our um our website, mm-hmm. and the subject of the email was even though I'm an atheist, I still say y'all you're doing God's work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so this Yay. is from Maggie, who is one of our patrons. Um, and she said, I discovered your, uh, discovered you a year ago through Lady Pod Squad, which is, um, a group that we belong a to. A really amazing yes. community of female podcasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truly amazing. So supportive. Mm-hmm. Boobies and newbies is part of it. Who I think boobies and newbies, I would almost call Kelly one of our sister podcasters. Oh my God. Absolutely. She's, Absolutely. and she's like the best human being. Yeah. Keep it weird. In the world. Yeah. Keeping it casual. All these ladies were all part of Lady Pod Squad. Yep. I mean, definitely check them out. Lady Pod pod squatters i mean we are like you know we're not the big ones out there there's not as many female run podcasts that are Mm -hmm. and almost every um lady pod squatter is an independent podcaster which is really really cool yeah it's it's, it is it's really exciting um and she said she was instantly hooked it was a perfect time in my life for you to walk in because i was going through a separation divorce of my own I really felt like I could relate to a lot of the issues and insecurities brought up in each episode. I've kind of already said all that in LPS Twitter group, which I'm part of the Twitter people. So she's kind of shared that with me before. Um, She said recently I'd gotten a new job while it was a total upgrade. I don't really get to listen to podcasts anymore and all my subscriptions fell by the wayside. Unfortunately, that includes my worst date, which is Hmm. which I listen to weekly. Um, so the deal here is I've literally had the worst year of my life, finalized my divorce. One of my best friends passed away in a fire cut and there was a breast cancer scare. Like literally oh all my God. when I complain about not having a job, just I'm reminded like, yeah, perspective, yeah. perspective. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I promised my, myself no feels as I started dating this for the first time. I fell for this guy and was seeing um, that I was seeing for two and a half months. Everything was great until last week when he decided he wasn't sure he could feel the same way for me and was confused about what he wanted. So, so on and so on. It was the straw that broke the camel's back and I've fallen into an un- understandable depression. Girl, we get it. Yeah. A lot of ugly crying to Robin. Yes. Oh my God. Yep. Oh yes. my God. Yes. Understand all of that. And laying awake thinking about how garbage everything is. Girl, we have all been there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, semi recently, even. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She said, yeah. Today I decided I wanted to listen to some good old fashioned bad date stories. So I grabbed one of my, one I had in my archives. It was Pussy Embargo, your anniversary. <laughs> oh my God. I did say it has been a while. <laughs> the moment when you all discuss how irresponsible people are who go on dating sites that don't have their shit together and waste your time by misrepresenting themselves spoke to me on such a fucking deep level. I was it was a reminder I needed that everyone has to drudge through this shit dating world and learn a lot about people in the process. Clearly, if this guy thought there was something better out there for for him after nearly three months of telling me how wonderful I was and that he cared about me so much, boy, ain't ready for prime time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And he's just going to keep having unsuccessful relationships. Girl, right, right, right. Yep. Um, sometimes there's a reason you're still single. Of course, I have wonderful friends who have all told me the same thing, but there is something about hearing it from an unbiased third party on the other side of the country that is a real splash of water in the face. <laughs> so since I can't support you with my listens every week, I decided to give to your patron or Patreon because <gasps> you are doing something great here and really helping other people. Thank you so much for your hard work that you put into this. I wanted you to know that you genuinely give gave me a little boost of confidence. Of course, it will, it will falter again, but this is a step in the right direction. And oh I mean, my God, shit! At <laughs> least I'm free to have more chances for bad dates to send you, right? Oh I mean, we have my ride or God. die, Amy here, and she knows yeah. that. Like, I cry for fucking nothing, and while there are not tears rolling down my cheeks, yeah. my eyes just got so full. Like I, like that touched me like so deeply that's so wonderful and speaking of like i know that all of us have had ups and downs and moments of like extreme depression or anxiety in this last year this Mm -hmm. year has been kind of tough in that way and like i can so relate to that and i i know what she's talking about yeah and so it just it makes me feel so much better because I understand what that feels like. And so it's so wonderful that we could be a part in any way of her feeling a little, a little bit better. Yeah. That's Cause just, it's so hard to dig yourself out whenever you, you feel are not bad. alone. Maggie. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're not alone. No, it just, it's, I, and I, I said it uh, a few episodes ago. It's, it's emails like that, that, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I can be like a little self-involved or in my own head where I'm like, this is happening to me. And you know, you just, you put the blinders on and pain can sometimes feel very isolating. And it's just, it's, it's really cool that we've created something where, where it's not isolating, where it's, where it's bringing us together and we can all like be like, this fucking sucks together. You know what I mean? It's, there's something about yelling. This fucking sucks when you're with a whole bunch of people that feels powerful. Yeah. 
versus like when you're saying like this fucking sucks like and it can be like couch. diminishing yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we hope you feel our hug all the way from across the u.s yeah. yes uh girl we're here for you hopefully you hear this in a reasonable amount of time <laughs> yeah yeah a, a year later you'll hear this but like, you oh, know God. then we'll know for sure that you got your sticker that we that we sent you yeah, i yeah. put it in the mail earlier this week so <laughs> yeah and we appreciate appreciate any support that you you give us listening yeah, yeah. All, i mean all of it wonderful wonderful at some point hopefully you'll have a nice weekend where you can just binge and catch up so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like Thelma and Louise road trip style. Yeah. I'm going to put it on in the background. There you go. Come, <laughs> come out to LA and visit us. Yeah. yeah and the time it takes you to drive to LA, you can probably get through that back yeah. catalog. You're all caught up. <laughs> what else we got going on this week? Well, okay. So not to make our opening super heavy, but <laughs> but this is something that we thought we, we would talk about and um, forgot to talk about it in our last episode. Someone on our Facebook group brought up this subject and I thought it was kind of an interesting thing for us to discuss and that is what are our beliefs on soulmates mm. mm-hmm. what do we believe about soulmates and I think that Gosh. that's kind of interesting because I think it's so deeply personal and I think so it changes this was Rachel Esquivel right was who, it, oh I, it wasn't Rachel no, who asked no, it no no it wasn't okay no I can't somebody, remember who asked somebody it. had brought up something about having like multiple lives and having people yeah, in Rachel did bring that okay. up yes yeah, yeah. I there's a part of me that really strongly believes that. Oh, yeah. Where like you know, maybe your mom in this life like was your daughter in a past life or like your souls like a- attract. Connect. Yeah. The like the maybe, souls like, I think what were. she said was that like maybe you, for instance, maybe you have a hard time letting go of someone that you know was bad for you because in a past life your souls were connected in some way. Mm-hmm. And so you still have that soul connection. I don't know necessarily if I believe that, but I think it's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's weird because I think that there, that throughout your life you have, I do believe you can have more than one soulmate. I think you have soulmates that are friends. I think, and and I think all of us have gone through, I mean, my first, I would say my first soulmate as a friend was my friend, Sarah, who mm-hmm. was my very best friend since we were probably four and five years old living, uh, you know, and sharing almost the same backyard. And, you know, I mean, that is somebody who to this day is still one of the most important people in my life. And it I'm so glad. think of like Anne of Green Gables, which oh, I know is your girl, favorite thing. Girl, Kindred spirits. Girl, Sarah Miller, Chirac. <laughs> is my fucking Diana. Like, I swear to God, we are bosom friends. Yeah. We are like, that is weird. When I ever, I watched Anna Green Gables, when we had that, there was a time when we were not friends, when we had a separation of friendship that was very difficult for me, like literally tearing up right now, even thinking about it. It was really hard for me to have that and go through that and not have her in my life. And, um, I would, I would, there was times where I would just watch Anna Green Gables or Beaches and just like <gasps> fucking just sob. Beaches. <laughs> it's so stupid to say. It sounds like the no, dumbest no, thing. No, it does not. Friends, friends, we've friends talked breakups about are sometimes friendships. harder. They're sometimes harder than relationship breakups. Like no kidding. They really are. I remember whenever I had a friendship breakup, whenever mm-hmm. I was like 18 or 19 and I was sobbing like I was sobbing to the point where like I had people around me who were like holding me I was like heaving I never, about I never about losing the, this friend the, you know the breakup mine just slowly like 
ghost fizzle away sure. oh, i've had friends like that where they were important in my life <sighs> at the time and that's what i think about soulmates right mm-hmm. there's people who are in your life for a certain amount of time who are meant to be there in that certain amount of time yeah right? they're like, what you needed at that moment absolutely. yeah my first boyfriend in high school you know I still look at him as somebody who was very important to me in that time. And I still remember, and I think I talked about this before on the podcast where I was like, I literally, after we'd broken up and after like the heartache and after everything and after coming out of that, remember saying to him, like, I appreciate having you as my first real heartbreak because it, it taught me what it was like to have a good boyfriend to have like what I deserved. I mean, and even if you don't have a good boyfriend, like I think that people serve their purpose in your life like right. i think that that happens 100%. you know like where it's just like okay this wasn't the best experience but you know what i fucking learned a lot about myself sure. Good or and bad. like i've grown so much from that and so i can thank you for that like you served that purpose for me like in my life that's, taught me that that's lesson. the main thing i had to get over with the whole soulmate thing that the big thing that i believed in my youth was forever yes, yes. getting Getting rid of, and that's the the biggest thing that I'm grappling with post-divorce is the the whole concept of time. It's what my band is like writing on right now because we're getting ready to go into pre-production for a new album. And all of the songs have to do with with the concept of time in some way in, in grappling with how fast it goes, how slow it goes. Is it even real? Like what, all of that when you really sit down and think about it. And and that was the something I think that maybe a lot of people in their youth think that like a soulmate is a forever thing. And I love that concept of having it, multiple soulmates it, throughout your life. Exactly. Exactly. People people coming in and out of your life and being grateful for the time that they yes. are there. Yeah. And not like forcing something to to go longer than it's supposed to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, I think I may be wrong about this, but maybe I may have had the most traditional view of like a soulmate, like what a soulmate is because Mm -hmm. like I was such a pretty, pretty princess. Like growing up, you know, was it Jesus? (laughs) I mean, well, yes, of course I was married to Jesus. I had a purity ring. I wore it on my wedding finger. I did. I was married to Jesus. I signed a piece of paper. I did. It's with the Lord now. It's with the Lord. I mean, I lost my purity ring. I always tell the story. I lost my purity ring. I lost my purity ring, doesn't it? I lost my purity ring in Paris. I always tell that to people because I was coming back. Lose their purity ring. I was coming back from Romania, and they make you take off all your. At the time when I was traveling, they made you take off all your jewelry to go through um, security, and so I took my rings off, and then. When I got through security, I was like all the way to the plane before I realized I didn't have my ring. Did you lose so I it, lost it or did Jesus dump you? Ooh. Jesus. I mean, he ghosted me, I guess. Shit. Like he was like, mm, no, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. <laughs> it's not me. It's you. It's, I mean, wait, I wait, mean, wait, wait. It's not you. Wait. It's me. He's yeah. like, I'm going to just going to take that back. He's like, it's <laughs> definitely not me. So it's I'm definitely Jesus. you. Um, <laughs> I'm the Lord. Okay. So. <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the light. <laughs> and I'm going to take this and bring it back. Have fun in Paris. Have fun in Paris. God, it was a cute ring, too. And and then, oh, my God, I really hope my mom's not listening. But then, like, low-key, the ring box that I had was a little heart shape. And, um, yeah, and, and then my next boyfriend used it to put weed in it. So... <laughs> That is the 
<laughs> so there's that. Okay, mom, I really hope you're not listening. Oh man, Please don't listen. That sounds like something I would oh, have done. Oh man, that um, just made me really sweaty. There was so much, so much packed into layers, that. Layers, 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 layers. But I mean, but seriously, like I <sighs> had this, I had this ever after mentality. I had this oh, yeah. Cinderella mentality yeah. of like this, yes. this, this Prince Charming mentality about soulmates and like. And also when you are raised with this belief that like you are saving yourself for marriage and you are waiting for like that one person that like when I did lose my virginity to my ex-boyfriend, it didn't matter that he was wrong for me. Putting weed in your purity ring box. I just convinced myself that because like, okay, this is what is meant to be. And I just need to like make this work because like... I have made this commitment and like, that's what you do. You know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. and you know, so I had this very, very like warped view of like what I thought soulmates were. Yeah. And now I can honestly say that like, that's just not how life works. It's just not how life works. And it turns out, yeah, it turns out I didn't know everything at 18. Like it turns out, I know shockingly, um, and yeah, so now I, I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. I think that like I have found friends in my life who I could not see myself like living without. And like mm-hmm. they're my soulmates. And I have found a partner that is a partner to me. Mm-hmm. And like it's not like a it's not like a thing where I know. You know, I, I just think uh, yeah, I think you choose. I think you choose. I don't think it's something that happens to you. And I think growing up, I oh, thought that it was a thing for that saying that. happened yes. to you. Yes, that is you know? such a good point. I felt the same way too. It's something that happened to you, not mm. something that you had to actively like work at. Make a decision make about. Make a decision about. Yeah, yeah it was mm. just like, your soulmate finds you. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. And there's Hurry only up, one, bitch. so God forbid anything yeah. happened to that I one know, person. Because right? Jesus. Like a, yeah, wasn't you know? there like a movie or something where like a like that person's soulmate died or something or yeah what do you do what do you do yeah you're just like well lost chance oh well we guess we have to die with each other like the notebook movie uh city of angels oh city of angels like gives up being a like angel uh, an angel yeah like and then she fucking dies (laughs) (laughs) that movie had me like that movie is the movie where I have very complicated feelings about Nicolas Cage. Yes. Right? You're yes. like, I don't know if you're hot. I think you're kind of hot. I think you're kind of hot right <laughs> yeah. now and I don't know how I feel about that. It's really good movie. It, it is It actually really is good. a very Dude, good movie. Sabine. Isn't there a song from that movie that's like super famous? It's Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. Well, there's a lot of songs Yeah, that. that's that where City the song Angel Feel soundtrack is, is so good. But yeah, I'm fairly certain that you like anyone worthy. <laughs> I am flattered by your oh my God, but, fascination but, with me. Yeah, so that's amazing. Uninvited. That was the Sarah McLaughlin song, right? Yes. yes. That's the one you're thinking That's about. the one I'm thinking Arms of. Arms of an Angel? Is that it? It's There is a Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> I don't know I'll if it's it that one, but there is one in that movie. That movie has a good soundtrack. It, just it does. Like, it's a good 90s it soundtrack. I'm adding that to my list now. I have Ever After now and City of Angels. Uh, so I'm sorry. Can we, can we just watch them both back to back? Oh, my we'll God. We'll just be sobbing. Girls Night. Girls Night. 
yeah. crying, 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 yeah, crying. It was Popcorn. Angel and then Pizza. Iris by Goo Goo Dolls. <gasps> oh yes, okay. Oh, yes. I like that song. Yeah, give up forever to touch you. Yes, God. Oh what God. a great soundtrack, man. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of songs, uh, I love the new Miley Cyrus song. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, uh, but R.I.P. Miley and Liam. <laughs> yeah, yes. um, but I am here for that breakup song. And I'm here for the lyrics of that breakup song. It, it, they like just it, broke up. She had this one in the bag. She's, she's like, like, she was I'm ready. ready for it. She's like, as soon as this breakup goes live, drop the bomb. Drop that fucking song. So here it is. Release that shit. I don't yeah. like living by the ocean. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, it takes a minute to actually like record. Well, write. Record. Yeah. What if she didn't tell Liam? And master <laughs> yeah. a song. They've been over for like second what if they weren't though like what if they were together and she did all of that and like didn't tell him and then was like bt dubs were broken up and i'm releasing this song that i've been working on for three months (laughs) that i've been working on for the majority of our marriage because we got married in december (laughs) yes exactly honestly it takes it takes a long time yeah Yeah. you know what i i hate saying this because i i was here for the relationship i want her to be happy i want them both to be happy yeah but they were on and off forever and i think yeah. that everybody was counting down right and i hate saying that that's they're shitty. both so young they are they're, they're young. yeah they're soups young yeah, it's back. fine like whatever who cares yeah, yeah, back. I, i'm not i'm Take not sad for Brittany. either of Don't those super dancers, talented Miley. rich super talented like, super beautiful super fucking rich beautiful. people yeah. are like yeah. you're gonna be, be fine i'm fine. not worried They'll about it they're like, young they're young cares it's fine you're gonna bounce back yeah it's all gonna be good don't date one of your dancers. Yeah, don't do that. Just just co-parent those animals and yeah. we're all good, you know? Yeah. You know? It's all good. <laughs> oh my god, you guys speaking of um I don't know why this made me think of it that you said co-parent these animals. <laughs> so, I I watched trailers like last night or I texted you about the little women trailer. <gasps> that looks so good. Oh my god, it looks amazing. Are we all going to see that? Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Oh Abs- my god. Sersha. Emma, fucking wow. Meryl, fucking Timothy Chalamet, oh, so Florence Pugh god. from um, that was my favorite from Midsummer. Really? I love that book. Oh my god, I loved that book when I was a kid. But my heart is so full. Back to like trailers. The one that came up like after that one for whatever reason was the art of racing in the rain. No, oh, no. they keep trying it, to sell us on that. No. Your boyfriend is in that. Milo and I'm a dog. I was it. like. No. no, no, I got. I'm, I'm on it. No, you're I'm gonna on watch it, like it. Blue Bonnet. You're gonna watch it, but not because it's gonna be a good movie. It's because <laughs> no. it's, it's something for you to use your toy I to. Can, you're I gonna, it's watch fuel. Him and his fucking beautiful crooked mouth. <laughs> his beautiful crooked mouth. Kind of half <laughs> Milo smirk words this, at me. Just remember, this is the person who served you. At <laughs> no, a no, restaurant not to be named. No. Oh my god! I keep going into like randomly. Like I work by um, my work's not far from Golden Apple, which is a really famous LA uh, comic book store mm-hmm. that I I've gone into to buy like Sandman or like random books or whatever. It's a really cool family owned comic book shop but he goes in there all the time too mm-hmm. and i'm like one of these days one of these days i'm gonna run into him casually Incidents. outside of work and no, it's gonna too. be it's gonna be wonderful it's gonna be magic i mean i think he's dating somebody i don't check 
I do check. You don't want to actively <laughs> know. You're like, I've looked. Okay, I've, I've, looked. looked. I've looked. I've looked, but do you know what, what I've done recently? <laughs> so you know, do you know what I've done? Cash. <laughs> I've I've recently Googled the age of Timothy Chalamet. That's what I've done recently. Because he's like twelve. Because I want to know that I'm not like so weird, such a like, perv. so gross about it. I do that with the um with the, what what are the kids? Do you guys peep? personal shit about celebs that you think are kind of hot yeah i'm oh, like maybe low-key if i run into you could this work like <laughs> right <laughs> no. i gotta know stats i gotta know Facts. stats are you, you into to brown girls <laughs> like i need to know these I are the things i need to know yeah. what are you into um yeah because i also did the same thing with what are those the sprouse twins because i was just like oh honey they look oh, so honey. young but they're not that young they're like <laughs> i'm okay look they're not that young I'm 29. They're like 27. I'm like, it's no, fine. that's appropriate. It's appropriate. It's, appropriate. Yeah, it's totally workable. It's, it's workable. Yeah. I could make it work. Yeah, it works. Yes. Both of them. <laughs> Either or. I'm not picky. Yeah. Listen. Wow. I like you or your brother. Whichever. It's fine. It's fine. It's I don't fine. care. <laughs> the one that's on Riverdale is the hotter one, but like, it's okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who's your celeb? Do you, do you kind of mm. cyber stalk a celeb? I got to think about that. I mean, for sure, I have. Um, Army Hammer there for a second. Oh, jeez. Because I, for some reason, Hot. somewhere I was given the note <laughs> British that he's, accent. he's in, Tall. and he's he's a, like into BDSM, in, and so like that like fucking triggered me hard, and I was like, well, I gotta find. Well, out you're more like now I'm this. down yes. a full day and rabbit hole. Fucking like wife is so hot. And yeah. I'm like, well, and then I imagine her like. <laughs> trussled so i'm like jesus christ what's wrong with what's me? nothing's <laughs> wrong with you me. you're Nothing normal at all yeah that's no, i've looked up fine i looked up i well i've had lots of free time in the past <laughs> year and a half so trussled even a word uh, trust i, I knew exactly what you, you know. meant it's I, fine yeah yeah um i've looked up tom hardy oh a number of times yeah mm. well I, I we're clearly already honestly yeah, you should just make thing. that a wallpaper yeah i've i've looked up um my dude Matthew Good. I've you, watched your dude. Many. He, you look he's in a new movie coming up soon. Yeah. He's oh, in a he's movie. in plenty yeah. of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I just like watch him. I watch press junkets of him just talking. And I'm Have like, you seen Stoker yet? No. And oh I my want fucking to. God. I Is mean, it? yeah. And he's creepy in that. Oh, I love but it's like a hot, creepy. Hot creepy. It's real hot creepy. Amy's nodding right yes, now. I'm, it's, I'm in it. It's fucking weird. Over there. It's, yeah, her head's about <laughs> to bobble off, off very of her blushy. I like when Amy gets really, Ooh, she's she bright red. I'm watching this movie. Because it's weird because like you should not think he's hot because he's so fucking like creepy. But you're also like, but you're real hot though. He's so hot. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are Watch some it. people that, and that's the thing. That's how I feel about Milo. There are some yeah. people where you see them in real life. There's something about them where they're, they're, they're too hot. Yeah. You can't make eye contact with them. And that's how I feel about Matthew Good. If I ever saw him in real life, yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think that's like, it's an, it's an it factor and it's weird because so I was having this conversation with, I was having this conversation with Anthony where we were watching Sunshine, which is a good movie. And both a young Chris Evans and a young Killian Murphy are in mm-hmm. Sunshine. And I told him and he seemed very surprised by the fact that I was like, I would take a young Killian Murphy over a young Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Because like, you know, Chris Evans is more Chris traditionally isn't... attractive. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Killian Murphy is like hot, like weird. I don't Absolutely. like traditional 
like good looking. I'm not into the Chris Evans. Exactly. I would rather have same, a skinny guy same. with high cheekbones. Yeah. Same. same. <laughs> you know? yeah. Give me tall, high cheekbones, a little awkward. weird looking, somewhat awkward. British accent. Hey. hey well, hey, Killian hey, Murphy, hey, I think, hey. is Irish, which is oh, like even, even fucking right. better. better. Come on. Hi. Hi. Oh my God, there's a reason why I watched yeah. Outlander and it wasn't the writing or the acting. That's exactly so. right. You're just fucking looking at your wristwatch until those sex scenes came exactly. out. You're like, tick tock, bitch. <laughs> Flip flop, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, no. Um, so Sorry. I guess we should maybe, so I guess we should maybe say that this is my worst date podcast. Oh yeah, that thing. Um, I'm Keegan. I'm Cassie. I'm Christina. Hi. It doesn't matter who goes first. I you always, always go, go last. last. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, I don't mind don't at all. It. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> usually I you go it's... first, I go second, and Christina goes oh, third, yeah. but we just switched it up today. Yeah. And it's if weird. it were left to my own devices, we would just never be happen. introduced. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it just never crosses my mind. I like oh. keeping our listeners on their toes. Yeah, well, what's going to yeah, happen? We when that intro's coming. We get new listeners every week, and they may not necessarily know our voices yet so now they can tell us apart i do I like still that feel like sometimes people cannot tell us apart. I, but i don't understand that at all because i think we sound so distinctly different yeah like, i mean i sound, sound nasal so hell, different because like, i can't breathe i sound like i've been living in california all my life which yep. is not the case mm-hmm. and i've been smoking a pack a day and doing phone sex in my own time <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah. well there you go there guys you go. got it now <laughs> great is that a voice? Like, we, is, is there a voice? That there well, is a voice there is for now. That. <laughs> do we have a fuck, Mary kill. Oh, my gosh. Um, Amy, do you have any suggestions? Mm, yeah. Guest honor. Sorry. Oh, I'm she's sorry. like, no. <laughs> she's like, no, I wasn't put here to work. I'm just hanging out. Well, okay, hold on. We could do Killian Murphy, Matthew Good. We've done Matthew Good. Have yeah. we? And when I'm, I'm going to fuck Good? Mary and yeah. kill him. We did. Oh my god! I've have we done him more than once? Probably. God, I don't I'm know. Like, I love We're gonna him. run out of fucking. Wait, I love do we him. Have, like, I love him. Film stars like people who are like famously period like Colin for or not Colin. God, Colin. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's in a version of Sense and Sensibility. I he's think. in like so much shit, right? Yeah, he's a period. Tom piece. Hardy was in. Uh, <sighs> god, we've done Tom Hardy. Yeah, we have, and I will also fuck Mary Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! What what are we gonna do? You know, we should do our. We should fuck Mary Kill. Our I will not be able to make words around you, person. Oi vey! If I ever ran, I ran into, into you, you in, in the street, I would not be able to make words around you. Well, and it doesn't have to be like I'm so attracted to you because mine would be Tom York. Yeah. If I ran into him in the street, um, I would not. Uh, the, the, yeah, the words words wouldn't come out. Him and like, yeah, I like music. <laughs> <laughs> you make cool. that you. <laughs> you're like you're and like that like old, fall. You're like that old SNL. <laughs> you, get, you remember you remember when you guys wrote that exactly? Song? I'd be the Chris stupid, Farley. Stupid, 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 stupid. You remember mm. when you were in the Beatles, <laughs> yeah. dude? I don't know because so I'm so fucking awkward around celebrities. Period. That that's me around everyone. No, that was me around Bill Nye. I was like, I can't talk to any money. There are, I am there's too. I'm just one that's everybody. like literally your heart would explode Fuck. if you met them in real life. This is a fucking idol for you. This is somebody that's either oh super God, fucking attractive so or super like crazy. Because we, I think we, you're gonna be oh, mad. Do it. I think it's Tom Cruise. No, that's fine. 
That's your, so your Tom person. and Tom. Cool. Tom and Tom. Um, Thumb. Because the other the other person that I was thinking of was actually um, dude from Moulin Rouge. What's his name? You <gasps> and McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Interesting. We haven't done him. But Tom Cruise is really the one. I was just trying okay. to mix it up. There you go. No, Tom Cruise is the one. Tom Cruise is the <sighs> okay. one. Okay. Thom York. Thom York. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know the one that keeps popping into my mind. And you know what? It's not even like. Don't come after me because I Please, love. I, I love Cruise. and no, no, no. I love and respect her so much. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking oh, to the universe. Got it. I love and respect her so much, but like she's not like my one and only. So I don't know why she's the one who keeps popping into my brain. Yeah, but it would be Beyonce. Of course, I knew you were oh, going to go there. Like God. if I met Beyonce, I don't think I'd be able to like oh. form sentences. Like I would just be like, I don't. You radiate so pretty. Like I don't know. So talented. Oh, you wouldn't be able to say any God. of those. No, things. no. Fall over. I would faint i think um so and and like yeah because i don't know she's not like my number one artist that i listen to all the time or anything like that there's just something she radiates like Mm -hmm. something that i feel like she's got her own atmosphere yeah it would freak me out if i ever was face to face energy yeah 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 she literally glows fucking love beyonce so much yeah Mm -hmm. yeah love her i'm in love with her so there you go that's a hard fuck mary kill guys it is a really fucking tom york Beyonce <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna pee my pants. This is literally the most obnoxious. random. How the fuck are we gonna figure this out? Yeah, they're very different. They're very different. It's That's wild. not apples and oranges. Yeah, this I, is I know. apples and Saint Bernard. Oh no, shit. This is like crazy. I thought I knew what I would do. Well, and then I think I know what I'd do. Okay, you Oof. go first then, because okay. you know. <sighs> I'm going to marry Tom Cruise because I know you are. I know you are. I have to. Yeah. How are you going to talk to him? I don't How know. can any marriage stand if you, anytime you're in a room with him, you're like, Xanax? <laughs> you have to learn American Sign Language. <laughs> I do know some ASL. Make make it through that relationship. Yeah. Write down. Xanax. <laughs> you so handsome. Can I spell it wrong because I'm nervous. Pretty. The R is backwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so you're marrying Tom. Marrying Tom. I'm Cruise. going to fuck Thom. Thom. <gasps> yeah, oh. I know. That's why oh, I can't the believe this is coming me. for you. I know. Oh, oh shit. Fever! Can we, we friends? <laughs> can we friend on this one? I don't oh my gosh. No, no. We're we're all going to make tough choices because this Just one's remember, pretty impossible. Remember that you did this to us. Yeah, I did. I, I did. Tom York is right fucking up there for me though because <sighs> he is inspirational. There is like, honestly, I feel like Radiohead to me even tom york separately yeah top to bottom there's not a goddamn thing that they do that i'm not like i'm like do they do anything wrong mm-hmm. like anytime anything anything comes on by them i'm like can they do anything wrong can they fucking do anything wrong because i fucking live for it here's the thing about tom york is that like i want to marry him but <laughs> it is not a good idea because i feel like from the interviews that I've seen, here's the reason why He's I'm in burst love that with bubble him. For you. He mm-hmm. is. He mm-hmm. is because he seems like an enormous piece of shit in person. No, I bet he is. I bet he is. And you should honestly he just kill him to like avoid really ever does. having to know that. He really does. I hate that because I, I love Radiohead. It has been the most yeah. inspirational thing for Same. me. I love his writing. And I he is exactly the type of person that young Christina loved. 
will somebody come along and mansplain things to me and like kind of treat me like shit and treat me like I don't know anything like and this is perfect for you. Yeah. I'm like, I love a red flag. I do. I do. I used to wave them. I had them like, you know, <laughs> all over. The you were basically level. like one of those like air traffic controllers on the ground. Yes. Like, I was right like, here. I was like the big, like <laughs> things. Inflatable like, waving arm man. I was like, woo. But no, like I, I feel like new Christina has new grown. Christina is like I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna <gasps> kill You're gonna kill your, Tom, your hero. You're letting Tom Cruise live. I'm letting honest. Tom Cruise Look live. How hopeful so Cassie I'm is that Tom Cruise is being allowed to live. Or marry. I'm gonna marry Beyonce. Yeah. Why? That's a fucking queen yeah. and I stand a queen that all day. Wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is a badass bitch. I fucking yep. love Beyonce. Yes. I love her. Mm-hmm. I'm she in love wrong. with her. I just want to say that once again, as Cassie, who just killed her, <laughs> I don't please don't come for you. you. Yes, <laughs> I. You know what? I'm going to do it doggy style. <laughs> wow. You don't want to look fuck at Tom his Chris. off-center teeth? Well, you no, do. no, wow. it's it's. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. sorry Cassie. No, here's the thing. She looks he, like she wants he to kill be, me. It, it's honestly only recently. The There's well, no, the height doesn't bother me as much as like so much as the the work on his face lately <laughs> because he is an attractive man or he <laughs> Cassie's going to kill me. You oh, don't want to like say it game. at all. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I don't, don't like this game. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fuck Tom Cruise. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'd actually I'd I think probably you do it face to face. I've heard it's very put, nice. I put him on the ca- You know what nice. I do with him? He is he is like he's very nice. I have to. He is the perfect height. And I know this now from from Tinder experience. I've got perfect sex experience for different height men. So Tom Cruise is the height for me that you sit him on the couch. Okay. And then you straddle him yes. and you grab the back oh, of the couch yes, and you ma'am. grind into yeah. him. Because he's I like four or five inches shorter than me. And so that really hits the spot. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, but oh, we do we do not have the dick. Amy is right to to point out we don't know how big his dick is, which like does pro- factor like he, in. It like is part of the equation. It's probably <laughs> Tom Cruise gives me big dick energy. Yeah, I feel like oh, there's there's a situation yeah. happening there. Yeah, if it yeah. was good enough for Nicole Kidman, I'm just okay. saying. See, you know and I, mean? I bet you Nicole you. straddled Nicole? him on the couch, and she's <laughs> tall as shit. She's like, God damn it, that was she, my favorite position. She is tall <laughs> as fuck. I hope she's listening to this and she's like, spot on, amazing. <laughs> Nicole, like, how did you know? Oh my god, we need to at Nicole Kidman and be like, listen, was this the position that was the, the most satisfying? Because I feel like I could release as a, a scientific girl. study yeah. as, a, as tall a tall girl. girl. <laughs> Okay, this okay. This is where five, five to five, six and a half lens lives. Us. You live here. Yeah, you live here. Um, on the couch is where you live. Um, <laughs> so you could be in a bed laying down as long as you're on top. No, 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 no. It's different. It's fucking different. It's different. On the bed and laying down, you're in like five, seven, five, eight land. It's oh, different. Okay. It's different. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll make a five. chart. I'll make a chart, and we can post it. It's like five eight. So I think you're right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You lay. You lay a five eight guy down. Okay. And then you ride him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way you just said okay. 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 Six um, foot is okay. when you start doing like shit against the wall. Yeah, it is. God damn it! Your legs wrapped around yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. If Chris is listening. <laughs> 
I was about to give some two cents, but I will withhold. Oh um, yeah, you date a super super tall. <laughs> you you got to do some fun stuff. No I comment, <laughs> bitch. You ain't got to comment on any of that. We know. Um, but okay, okay. I am Fuck going Mary to marry Yonsei. Duh. Yeah, marry Queen Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to fuck Tom York, of course. But you know what? There is part of me that feels like Tom Cruise would be more fun. Like I feel like he would be more fun because I do and feel ben. like Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I do feel like Tom York would kind of be like like he's doing you a favor. Like, like oh that's my god, kind of, great! Kind of like kind of like um, what's his name? Leo. Yeah, like yeah. he might he might yeah. vape. He yeah. totally he would, yeah, yeah. He would have like earbuds headphones. in. He's listening headphones. to Radiohead while he's fucking. <laughs> <you. laughs> he's like. We're working on this track right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. So, just so you know, Cassie, this was a difficult choice for me because I do think No, just that enjoy that. Just Tom remember. Cruise is, yeah, think about that wow. when he's think, fucking you in this that. theoretical situation. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, enjoy so, because you're, you're, you're forced to it. No. I'm forced to do it now. I'm locked in. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, something about Tom Cruise, like, He's got a weird you know, hypnotic energy that like I don't know that I want to get involved in on a person to person level. But I have heard he's very, very nice um, in life. So so there's that. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to kill Tom Cruise, fuck Tom York and marry Beyonce. Here's the thing about Tom Cruise in bed because he is kind of short. I feel like you got something to prove. I feel like I'm OK with him being short. I'm not tall. I've been with short guys. I'm OK with they it. They do. They work v hard mm-hmm. v hard <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure especially for a tall girl like yep. me they they really put in the extra effort mm-hmm. and you know i give out gold stars i'm all for yeah. it I, look and i'm short i'm five four like to me honestly yeah, like it wouldn't be like uh i mean i'd be fine with it yeah. i think it's okay yeah but but yeah anyway i like that we all have different answers wow that's great <laughs> that was wild what a wild ride guys. i know well let's take five and then we'll come back with stories yes and we're back. And we're back. Okay. Oh, you bitch. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Honestly, there was like a visceral reaction. I know. And my face got hot for a second. I'm going to nervous. She looked at me hard. Uh, 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 <laughs> I can't look at you in the eyes right at now. At some point, the back of my hand is just going to fly, Cassie. It's going to fly across the table. Um, I'm sorry. I don't abuse my, my co-podcasters here. me when you're not. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um okay so i've got catch the- these hands <laughs> catch these hands queen catch the hands in the house i Maybe. know that's one of my favorite sayings amy of all is time. queen hand catcher yeah <laughs> thrower. thrower oh sorry i'm so sorry she don't catch no hands you yeah. catch no hands, hands. <laughs> so i have the first story this week um and this was an email that we got and it says hello keegan christina and cassie exclamation point yay my name is patty and this is my worst date story before i start i just wanted to say i love your podcast with all my heart you guys are so much fun <gasps> Sweet. right back at you The first thing you should know about me is that I'm from Brazil and moved to the U.S. seven months ago to get married to the love of my life, who, of course, is not the person I went on this date with. Oh, good. It's a long story, so feel free to edit it all. So here we go. This happened when I had just turned 18. I had just broken up with my high school boyfriend of two years, and mm-hmm. I was feeling all that power and sensuality that young women feel after breaking up with the boyfriend they lost their virginity with. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. She says, if you've ever went through that, yeah. you know the feeling I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I understand completely. Okay. I'm hearing that Beyonce song in my head right now, mm-hmm. actually. To the left, to the left. Or which yes. one? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so many. 
Okay, so one day I had to go to the bank to solve a problem with my bank account, and I had to talk to the manager, Dan who was this really cute guy. Um, He looked like he was in his late 20s. Very nice. I had to send him an email with a document. And a day later, he answered my email saying that it was great meeting me and all of that kind of stuff. So I answered that email. And after that, we just kept exchanging emails and text messages. And then he invited me on a date. Pause. Yeah. Unprofessional. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's unprofessional. Like you emailed him in a professional capacity. Right. And he took advantage of your personal email address and started sending you personal emails. I feel like that is not FDIC insured. No. No. (laughs) No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No. Um, we went on two dates and both were super nice. First one, we walked around the beach having some acai. <laughs> My city back home has a beach. And that's when I figured out that he was actually 32 and had a daughter, which was fine with me. 18 and 32. Okay. I mean, if everyone's consenting. Yeah. All right. Um, second, <laughs> that face, your lips are or it's they're a straight gone. line your yeah gone, yeah actually but i feel it coming off of you it's mm. radiating and there's there's a lot here <laughs> so far mm-hmm. a lot to unpack mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. second we went to dinner at an italian restaurant which was also very pleasant he was very nice and that's when he mentioned that he knew how to make great pasta and said that i should come over to his place the next saturday afternoon and he would cook for me mm-hmm. okay <clears throat> Spaghettios. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Boyardi. Um, <laughs> I agreed. And on that Saturday, he picked me up. We stopped at the grocery store to get a few remaining ingredients and we proceeded to his apartment. When we were on the elevator, <laughs> when we were on the elevator going up, he told me there was a friend of his sister's that was from out of town and she was staying at his apartment for a few oh, days, okay. but that she probably wouldn't be there because she was usually out all day. You're Okay. You're in the elevator going up and he decides to give you this information. Oh, chill. <laughs> N- yeah. N- yeah. Sir. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's We've like got Amy dude, behind us doing dude, the like, dude face. hole in <laughs> finger in hole. hole situation. Dude face that had a female roommate. I'm like, mm-hmm. suspicious. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highly mm-hmm. suspicious. Um, we get to his mm-hmm. apartment and the girl is there. She looked a bit confused, but he casually introduced us. Her name was Eduarda. And she went back to the room and came back with her bag and said she was leaving. I don't know why, but I had a feeling she seemed very confused. Mm-hmm. So he made us food. It's great. We're hanging out. And then his phone starts ringing nonstop. He said it was his friends inviting him out, but he wanted to give me his full attention. So he turns his phone off. I thought it was a little odd but we proceeded with our day started making out and fooling around don't don't flag don't turn don't turn a phone off on a pissed off woman oh i just left your place because listen Mm -mm. she'll burn that place to the ground if i have something to say it's gonna get said yeah you're gonna hear it one One way way or or another another. do you you want my phone call or do you want my presence? <laughs> so yeah. I will show the fuck up. <laughs> I, I don't care that you're I on will. a date. I will show the fuck up. You know, it's like, you know what? I, I'm gonna leave right now, but I'm gonna call you and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. And if if you fucking ignore me That's exactly oh. right. The first time I was asking you. Yeah. The second time I'm gonna <laughs> lay your ass out. Like yeah. here we go. Yes. 
I mean, and also all of this, like, honestly, you just said, like, drink for, for a red flag. Yeah. This entire thing has been a red yeah. flag. Oh, I know. Yeah. The entire thing just rings of, like, trying to take advantage of an 18-year-old. Correct. Yep. Like, yeah. that's, that's yep. what Correct. I'm, I'm seeing power, here. power mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. So around 7 p.m., someone knocks violently at his door. It's a man screaming his name. Oh, okay. I oh, was what? scared and asked him what was going on. And all he said was, I'm so, so sorry, before opening the door. When he opens it, standing there are uh, is his friend's sister's friend crying and this very angry man in his 20s he starts screaming at dan and then screaming at me and calling me all kinds of names like slut asking if we had no shame Um, i ask what's going on and the guy says he's eduardo's brother and that she came home crying saying that dan brought a girl home uh, i still didn't know what was going on he notices i'm extremely confused and scared and so her brother tells me that she was his girlfriend and lived with him at that apartment we the Wait, fucking chef Boyardee's nuts on this motherfucker. On this, That's boss. like, I live with the chick. You it's know fine. what? I'm going to bring you fine. home and I'm going to casually introduce you. Casually introduce you. It, it, the what? balls on Brad. Honestly. Wow. And she went and got her brother, <laughs> which you know that shit. Like, Ooh, a- Amy has a question. Shit. I'm sorry, Amy. Look, that she, is a good question. Why she did felt she like leave? she needed to go get reinforcements, I guess. Like she went and got her brother, yeah, to beat his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's like, she's like maybe would, she's like, see, I can't hurt me. him physically the way that I want him to hurt physically. Yeah. I'm gonna so go I'm get some get somebody I'm Amy on this one. <laughs> I'm with Amy on this one. I ain't leaving my goddamn house, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm not leaving my motherfucking house. Well, Who okay, but but hold on. You? But hold on. Who is you? He's yeah. he's 32. He's seeking an out an 18-year-old. How old is the girlfriend? Because I could see younger me being like so confused and insecure and hurt that I would just leave and then be like I'm going to figure this out that later. That's so fucked up. I've wow. never heard anything like this before in my wow. fucking life. The audacity the fucking audacity mm. i know like you didn't even check to make sure your girl was out of town like you just he brought her home no no fucks, fucks. in no fact fucks. he was like she may be here <laughs> Did she say he all right all right i'll, I'll see sorry amy is if you can't hear that amy is asking if uh, he got his ass beat so let's yeah. find out she says i'm petrified the guy doesn't even try to explain himself to me just keeps repeating i'm sorry I apologize to the girl and tell her I had no idea he had a girlfriend and what he told me of who she was. The fight keeps going. I keep apologizing, grab my stuff, and leave. No one seems to care that I'm out of there. Got a cab and went home and asked what the fuck I just put myself through. Oh, my God. The guy proceeded to call and text me for the next few days, and I ignored it. He sent me an email apologizing and telling some insane story that, of course, was a lie his girlfriend got my number and proceeded to call me and text me all kinds of names so i had to block her number wow never answered never went back to that bank location never talked to him or her again and this was without a doubt my worst date hope Uh, you guys enjoyed that is so wow i mean it kind of doesn't sound like he got his ass beat because he kept trying to go after her no No. i don't like any of that so i mean it doesn't seem like he got his or learned his lesson at all 
He didn't this have poor my girl, brother. She had this no. fucking confidence that you have, like as a newly single girl, 18. She had this mm-hmm. fucking confidence, and this is the fucking asshole that she Damn. went on a date with. Like, that yep. sucks. Yeah, it does. Oof. Ugh. Thank you so much for writing in your yes. story. Wow. <laughs> Yikes. Oh on bikes. Yes. Um, okay, I'll go next. Okay. Sure. Um, all right. So ours was um from an email we got. And it says, um, this is actually a, an awkward ex encounter, not necessarily oh, a bad date. Oh, I want more of those. Yeah. Can I God. have more of those, Duh. please? Amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So the awkward ex encounter. We need a fun phrase for some uh for for that like shame receipt. Ooh, we do. An ex encounter. Oh. Ooh. Is that like an ex file? Oh, it's an X file. Do you have any X files? Guys, oh your brains God. are attached. Dude. That was amazing, dude. Dude, dude, that does happen actually in long, long-term relationships. Since that your brain does actually connect melded. like that, and then you outsource things that the other brain is better at than <gasps> you. So, like, if Cassie was better at directions than I am, I am, which you are exactly. My brain would start to outsource that kind you know of thing, what? that kind of task to you. I think about that sometimes and this kind of goes with our conversation of soulmates and like not to get too deep and sad and mm-hmm. I also know Anthony listens to this podcast but sometimes oh, Chris and I, yeah. I ever like sometimes I think about like what would happen if like anything ever happened to him and I'm like I think about the dumb shit. Yeah. Like that's the thing is I think yeah. about the dumb shit that like he does. That's, I, I that's, don't do. that's the stuff that gets you on yeah. like a Wednesday night at yes. like 8.42. Yeah. 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 I'm just like he's he's so much better at like I know. you no. know cleaning the carpet than I you know yeah. like just dumb little shit like that yeah. so like you're like our carpet will never be it will never be as clean because <laughs> because that is what happens it's like you figure out what each other are good at yeah. and then you let them take the lead on that thing yeah Chris and yeah. I at Trivial Pursuit anybody can tell you that's ever played with us if you play teams Chris and I make a dynamo team because. Everything that he knows really well, like sports and, you know, some science, science things, some history things he's he gets and he's super good at me. I'm the places, geography, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Math things like that's we are like the dynamic duo yeah. Yeah. when yeah. it comes to yeah. shit like that. Yeah. All right. So, so X, X files. I like that. The I X-Files. like that. Very good. All right. So, um, but, but, but this happened this past March. We met on Bumble in November and saw each other for about four months before things ended somewhat abruptly. There was a hoodie I had lent her that she took home to her parents' house <laughs> for a, a few hours away. Oh my God. Is there I anything love, more awkward than later yep. having to be like, um, can I have so that, that thing back, please? So <laughs> but no, you can't because there's nothing better than a stolen hoodie. There's oh no God. Better. It's a- like free amen. food. And it's it's a like free food. Tastes better. A stolen hoodie, hoodie feels, feels better. Yeah, yeah and I'm sorry. Comfier. I'm sorry, men. If there is something that your girlfriend or ex girlfriend has commandeered, that's hers now. Yeah, yeah. It's mine's it's now. Mine's. That's hers now. That hoodie <laughs> is hers. Sorry, it's, you lost it. It's mine's now. <laughs> anyway, so it was at our parents' house, a few hours away from uh, when we ended. When things ended, um, it was still at her parents' house. It was my only black hoodie. <laughs> buy a fucking new black hoodie. You need to buy a new black hoodie. Go to but the Gap. Just- <laughs> Go to Old Navy. 
but I just wrote it off and figured I'd never see it again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly. the appropriate response. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You are correct, sir. <laughs> About a month after we stopped seeing each other, I get a text from her that she found it and that she could drop it off to me whenever. Why she didn't want to just leave it in a bag on her porch for me to pick up, I don't know. I sus- suspected it was because she wanted to get a chance to talk with me about things, but it, I was never able to confirm that suspicion. On a Sunday afternoon, I tell her I'll be home all day and she can drop it off whenever. She responds that she's busy at the moment, but she'll let me know when she's coming by. At 9 p.m., I get a text that she's on her way from her house, which is about 15-minute drive. At about 9.40... I'm sitting there wondering what the deal is when my phone rings and I see it's her. I pick up and she tells me she's been in a car accident at the intersection about a minute away from my house. Oh no. I drive down there and see, see the crash. It has, um, it was between her and another car. Her car is in bad enough shape that they have to tow it away. So after she talks to the police and they tow away her car, we're both just left standing <laughs> there, not really sure what to say. I'm just like, you see the hoodie in the passenger seat. You're, You're like, like wait, um, wait, could you, okay. would you mind if I just, could I just get that? Really That's all I'm here for. It's cool. I'm going to, I mean, I hope I'm glad she's okay, but if I could just <laughs> squeeze, hop, hop in there and just one second. Oh, is the store? Can't get it. Okay. Other side. No. Cool. Cool. Oh she, oh, she hands me the hoodie. Oh, she oh, has God, the hoodie. <laughs> oh, this story has a happy ending. I like it. <laughs> and this hoodie is, are reunited. It's amazing. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> she hands me my hoodie and says she can call one of her roommates to pick her up. But I tell her I'll take her home. The ride there was as uncomfortable and silent as you would expect. And in the coming days, we talked a bit as I wanted to check up on how she was doing. We left things on better terms than than before, but it was still weird, as you might expect. We haven't really talked since that incident, but I got my only black hoodie back. So I see that as a win. You know what? I have to say, like, awkward for him, way more awkward for her. She got in a car accident. Right? Yes. On the way to see her ex-boyfriend, like, is there anything worse? Oh, my God. He says, I also just want to take a minute to tell you guys how much I enjoyed the Frito V episode. <gasps> you guys really brought my stories to life with your Aww. commentary. It was hilarious. Honey. I shared it with my friends, and some of them are regular <laughs> listeners now. So you may be able to expect some stories from them in the future. Oh my god! Please. I yes. hope so. Oh please. my god! More X Files. Frito V. X Files. More X Files. More Frito V. More Frito V. Always room it. for more Frito V. My <laughs> fucking god, that was hilarious. <sighs> <sighs> okay. So this one I got from Reddit. She says, so I got home from a lovely afternoon date a few hours ago, and I feel awful yet. I can't stop snickering about it in the privacy (laughs) of my room. Don't worry. No sexcapades in this fuck up. I can hear out of one ear. And usually I tell people I can't hear from that side. And if they see me just nodding and smiling, I did not hear them. I'm just tired after years of saying, excuse me, huh? Sorry, I didn't hear that. What? However, this was first date and that conversation didn't come up. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's a newish food cart that I recommended we go to since it had a bar and tons of outdoor seating. We each get a plate of food and grab a spot to chat and eat. We sat on the same side of the bench, straddling it and facing each other. Oh, I like that. I like the straddle face each other. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. This proximity is important later. Uh Uh-oh. He dared me to try and toss a piece of my chicken into his mouth, and he impressively (laughs) caught it between his teeth with a wink. Your girl right here is easily impressed, and I was feeling this dude. dude. Same. Same. I'm like, you're like a dolphin. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So, and of course, here comes the fuck up. I pulled out my phone to show him some pictures of a hike I recently went on. Uh-oh. And I kind of heard him say something. So I looked up, nodding and smiling, <laughs> as I always do. Oh, no. <laughs> Next thing I know, oh, no. a piece of chicken hits me in the <laughs> nose. And I see his eyes go wide like he's thinking he's going to have to make a, a post later. But too bad, sucker. My post is way worse. My reaction to having fried chicken thrown at my face is oh, to no. throw my arms out wildly in front of me and I feel my new giant ass iPhone smack him in the face. Oh, oh no. Now my face has a look of horror as he reaches for his face, <gasps> blood <gasps> streaming no. out of his nose. No, <laughs> no she <laughs> broke his face with I'm her just phone. Blabbering. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Are you bleeding? Oh my god, of course you are. I'm I'm so sorry. Let me get you some napkins in one breath. Nearly tripping trying to get my leg out from under the table. <laughs> Soul sister, that would be me. I'm like <laughs> You're like a tangle of legs and feet. Oh no. After we get him cleaned up into the car to sit down, he said, "If I wasn't ready for the chicken, I could have just said." <laughs> I was confused and said, you never asked, hence <gasps> the surprised reaction. Apparently he had, and oh, when he no. asked if I was ready, I smiled and nodded. Oh, no. So he tossed the chicken up and at my not-at-all-ready mouth. Oh, no. I explained my hearing situation, and he just stared and shook his head. <gasps> he texted me an hour ago saying he's pretty sure his nose is broken. <gasps> He seemed chill about it, but I don't think that there will be a second I don't think he's chill about it. You broke his nose. (laughs) She's like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Phone (laughs) face. Wow. Just things that are important to let people know on a first date. um, We're going to add that to the list. Yeah. I I can't hear out of one ear. I can't hear out of one ear. If I just wave or if I just nod like I don't know what I just said, I probably didn't. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Does anyone need a refill of wine before we get into the story? No. I'm good. I'm good. So I want to give just like a mini trigger warning. When I was writing this story out, I was like, okay. There are some moments in here that are pretty like heavy. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. What are the trigger warnings? Which we um, There is a, a little bit of violence against children. Okay. There's a little bit of violence against animals. Ooh. So I want you guys to know that going in here. Um, I got most of this information off of a show that I used to watch the shit out of on YouTube when I was going through my like real hard serial killer phase. Yeah. Um, Born to Kill. <gasps> so good. Good one. It's so good. Yes. Yes. And, um, yes. and whyohistory.org okay. are, is where I got most of this information. And I was really inspired by Cassie doing Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. Really inspired me to do this story, and you guys have probably heard of it. This is it, why you texted Christina. Yeah, I was like, like what were you doing? I know because I was inspired by your story, and so I was like, Christina may have been as well. So I wanted to like make sure I was, and I did end up looking at a whole bunch of different like historical 
mm-hmm. weird shit, but I didn't I didn't go there. I didn't this have a lot of time this week, so I, I went on the one on my list already. This one is basically a Bonnie and Clyde in the 50s. Mm. So Ooh, okay. we are going later. to talk about Charles Starkweather <gasps> and Carol Ann Fugate. Yep. Ah. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's okay. Let's do this. Let's oh, talk okay. about it. So Charles Starkweather was born in Lincoln, Nebraska on November 24th, 1938. He was born to a lower working class family. He had like a shit ton of uh, brothers and sisters. I think he had a bunch of brothers and like one sister. And I heard it described as like, even though his family was very loving, I think his dad had some issues that caused him to not work. So his mom had to work a lot. And even though this sounds really bad, it kind of gives you an idea of the way that people looked at them in this town, even though by all accounts they had a lot of love and there wasn't any like real physical abuse or anything going on in the house. Right. In the fifties, if you were male and you weren't a quote unquote provider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. They called them poor white trash. Yeah. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Like poor white trash is kind of like how they, you know, described this family, but they were happy. And like, he even goes on to describe his childhood as being idyllic. Like he uses the word idyllic. Like they had a lot of fun. He had a lot of fun playing around with his brothers. However, there was a change in Charles Starkweather when he went to school because he was born with a defect in his legs that caused him to walk Mm bow-legged and he got mercilessly teased, not only for that, but also because he was considered to be a little slower. And I don't think he was stupid. I think that he was, you know, it took him longer to like pick things up. And in school, sometimes that's hard you know well, everyone the, expects you to learn at the same rate my the, dad got that a lot and he's he's dyslexic i was just gonna say right. he's dyslexic. the number of people who were like misdiagnosed from right. being dyslexic and oh you're just slow no i can't read this shit because everything's or, backward motherfucker. or adhd right. or any other yeah. thing yeah. where it's just like you just don't have the ability because in school in public school you are expected to learn at the same rate as Peace. everyone around you yep, and right. like if you don't then people think that you're stupid yeah um and so he was teased a lot the only class that he was good at was gym and so he really focused on gym and becoming really like strong and tough to the point where he started bullying the kids who were bullying him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he kind of turned the tables on them. And, um, you know, by by all accounts, like, most people thought that he was a pretty good guy unless you got on his bad side or he felt like his masculinity was threatened or he felt inadequate. Sure. Mm-hmm. So a schoolmate once said, he could be the nicest person you'd ever seen. He'd do anything for you if he liked you. He was a hell of a lot of fun to be around, too. Everything was just one big joke to him. But he had this other side. He could be mean as hell, cruel. If he saw some poor guy on the street who was bigger than he was, better looking or better dressed, he'd try to take that poor bastard down to side. Hmm. So he was, I mean, it's toxic masculinity completely. Yeah, yeah. He was sure. like super insecure um, and he just couldn't deal. And he was also this like, it was around the time of like Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. And he was very much this kind of James Dean look like bad boy persona. <clears throat> when you look at pictures of him, even after he's arrested, <laughs> My exactly dad. like your dad exactly mm-hmm. yeah. um, he had the same hair even after he was arrested he's got like a cigarette dangling out of his mouth he's very much like that he took on that persona he, he a lot of people described him as being like rugged and dangerous and he leaned into that hard so in 1956 when he was 18 
he was introduced to 13-year-old Carol Ann Fugate by her older sister. And her older sister had dated him at one point. And so she introduced them, 18 and 13. Okay. And so around... I don't like that. Nope. I don't either. Nope. We're um, in agreement. But... Yeah, I mean, not this isn't good at all. But like, I will say, like different my time. it was a different time. I was going to say because my my dad, I think, was eighteen, and I think his first wife was sixteen. My my grand my great grandparents sixteen. My great grandparents were me. eighteen and fifteen. That's when they on met. the edge. I'm yeah. okay. I'm okay with that. They lied about her age when they got married. So <laughs> you, go, you go below that, and I'm talking about like okay, so you're you're a freshman at thirteen. And maybe you're I wasn't no. even a fresh, freshman in middle school. Um, well, I mean, I thir- like you're 13, 14. you're 13, 14. You're freshman. It depends year. on when you were born. You're either 13, 14 or 14, 15. It depends. Yeah. Well, because I was, that would I mean was, you'd sev- graduate at 17. Oh, it depends. But some people do. So it depends yeah, on when was, you entered school. Was, yeah. 13, 14. My freshman yeah. year. I was 14, 15. You graduated at 17. Yeah. Mm-mm. 18. I just turned. 14? 18. Oh, you, okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, so uh, when they met, at this point, he's a senior in high school. He drops out of high school and he takes a job at a warehouse near the junior high school so that he can be close to Carol. Mm-hmm. And he spends his breaks every day at the with, junior high school with Carol. Like they go on lunch breaks and things together. Um, and they really begin a relationship kind of like right away and they become kind of like inseparable right away, like much to her parents, like her parents are not super happy about this. I can imagine. Um, but Charlie actually teaches Carol to drive on Charlie's dad's car and Carol ends up, I mean, she's 13. She ends up wrecking her dad's, his dad's car. And at that point, his dad kicks him out of the house. He's like, yeah. I, you know, you fucking let your little girlfriend like wreck my car. So yeah. he kicks him out of the house. And at that point, Charlie quits his job at the warehouse and he takes his job, takes a job as a garbage collector for minimum wage. But so he had only really been exposed to this one area of Lincoln, Nebraska, where he grew up, which was kind of like a very poor area. Mm-hmm. Being a trash collector meant that he rode all around the city. And so he was exposed to middle class and upper middle class areas of Lincoln. And he became... I'm sure that made him super happy. That yeah, it made him feel were doing really well. secure. We, yeah. we all know that he's a very secure man, yeah. Yeah, as we've so said right. already. Like, Look at those people doing really well. I'm, I'm happy, happy for them. them. I'm yeah. super happy for them. <laughs> Good um, for them. But he becomes enamored with the idea of having s- money and status. And he knows that he's a high school dropout. There's zero way that he's ever going to be able to accomplish this. Um, through well, any like not with that attitude. <laughs> wow, exactly. Well, no, you know what? He had a he had a go getter attitude. Yeah. His go getter attitude was go get crime. I think I'm gonna start robbing banks. Yeah, crime. Yeah, exactly. So thievery. He, he's thievery. Like, go get it attitude. Go take it yeah. attitude. Um, so he begins plotting bank robberies in his spare time. Of course, oh, spare, spare time. time. You know, yeah. when he's off See, from the garbage that's, truck. That's what I've never understood about crime. Spare time in general. No, I'm just saying that like the amount of energy that yep. people 
put into planning these crimes. Mm-hmm. They can actually put into planning productive things for society yeah. and for themselves. And then what you get is what you give. And, and I'm, so, I'm not even saying like, listen, school might not have been your thing. Yeah. I get that. School's but not like, for everyone. You could, if you'd put that energy toward yep. something else that could have made you money, there are lots of people who didn't go to college who There's make lots of money now. You're passionate yeah. You know at, what I mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe yeah. he was passionate about bank robberies. So, oh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> um, you're not wrong about that. And yeah. so he really started to develop this like really nihilistic worldview where he was like, this is all I'm ever going to be. This is as good as it's ever going to get for me. Um, this is kind of like nothing's ever going to be better than it is right now. And I'm never going to get out of Lincoln. Like, you know, I, and I can relate to that being from like a small city or a small town where it does feel like it does, you're not trapped, but it can feel like you're trapped sometimes, especially when you don't have resources. Yeah. And um, so he really thought that like nothing mattered and he was quoted with his philosophy um, at the time being dead people are all on the same level. So I think he just really didn't care like what happened to him. So um, Carol was said to be a pretty typical middle schooler. She liked boys. She didn't really like school. Okay, (laughs) all of us can relate. You're fucking 13. Um, She played MASH and she was like, yes, she had one of those paper paper fortune tellers. She stole like nail polish from Claire's. Absolutely. (laughs) And earrings. Mm -hmm. And earrings. Mm -hmm. Doi. Doi. Um, so knowing, knowing what we know now, it's really easy to kind of judge everything she says or said, but there was a, um, classmate of hers and this is what he said. He said that she once told her art, her art teacher when she was upset, you old bat, one day I'm going to kill you. But this kid was like, or not kid, because he was an adult when he was telling the story, but he was like, but there was a real like angst. It was right after Rebel Without a Cause came out and a lot of teenagers were kind of doing this like really like, so no one, no one thought that it was super, super crazy unusual to hear someone kind of lashing out at their teacher like that. Now, looking back now, we can be like, oh, yikes. Well, the whole concept of teenagers relatively new. Anyways, it didn't start until after World War One. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and during this time, it was a really big time whenever people were like, oh, teenagers are angsty. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. people thought of teenagers like that. People no. thought of teenagers as adults for a long time. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Like, so this was kind of the first time where we were saying like, oh, their adolescence is kind of a unique time in right. people's lives right. and like addressing that. So, um do, 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 do. So, like I said, they were completely like inseparable, and she was flattered that an older bad boy was paying attention to her. Who can relate? Yes. <laughs> when like an everyone, eight, an eighteen-year-old guy in a leather jacket who smokes cigarettes yep. is like, I think you're senior cute. Was all about me at freshman year. Yeah, yeah. I would have been like, me. Hi, hello. Yeah. yeah, I know. And you know, he had never had a lot of attention from girls, and she was very cute, and like so. But she, also a child. He was very, yeah, yes. Yeah. But he was very flattered as well that like sh- he had attention from her. So it was definitely like strong infatuation puppy love situation. Yeah. So on November 30th, 1957, 
Charlie went to a service station near Carol's home, hoping to buy her a stuffed animal as a Christmas present. And yeah, you are back there. But, but. Um, he had no money when he got there. And I guess in the past with this service station, he had been able to do things for credit or been able to like work off things. Uh, but this person who was working there, Robert Culver, he was a 21-year-old guy with a pregnant wife <gasps> at home. Mm-hmm. He was new to this um, service station and he like, like no, that. that's not in the operations manual. Yeah, he's like, I'm <laughs> sorry, not- this is my first week, and n- nothing in here says that you can come like, work for 30 hours and pay off this black stuff and white. You got money or you don't got money. Yes. And I mean, pretty much exactly. Yeah. Right, like, he's right. like all shrug emoji. Yeah. Yeah. All shoulders. Right. <laughs> so he he told him like, I'm sorry, like if you don't have money to pay for this, like I, I'm not going to give it to you. And so they had an argument. An argument ensued and it infuriated Charlie and he began casing the place that day. He came back several times. He bought cheap things. He bought a pack of cigarettes. He pa- bought a pack of gum. Um, he came back a few times. And then later in that evening, he comes back with a shotgun and he forces Colvert to give him the $100 that's in the till, tries to get him to open the safe, but they can't get the safe open. So he just takes the $100, then forces Colvert to get in his car and drive him out basically into like the middle of nowhere into a remote location. And Starkweather would later say that they like fought over the gun and the gun went off mm, yeah, uh, and killed no. and killed him. Right. I don't think I so don't either. No, but I, no one does. He was shot in the head. Oh, so it kind of doesn't feel like a, you were fighting over a shotgun. Oh, and right in the face, you know? Yeah. Fight, fight, fight right in the face. Yeah. Um, yeah no. So he then, you know, hid the weapon, hid the body, and basically like went about his life and rather than being like super horrified with what he'd done he this feels right he kind of like now believed he went on to say that like he now believed that it freed him and he felt like he could now do anything without feeling guilty or without feeling like there would be repercussions for anything that he did so on january 21st 1958 charlie goes to carol's house in the home at the time where her mother um velda her stepfather, Marion, and her two-year-old sister, Betty Jean. An argument broke out, presumably over um, wanting Charlie to stay away from Carol, and he was told to leave the house, at which time he shoots he shoots Marion Bartlett in the Oof. head. After killing Marion, Velda starts screaming, and of yeah. course, two-year-old yeah. Betty Jean starts screaming, and so he shoots Velda in the face, and trigger warning again, stabs Betty Jean (gasps) and then hits her with the butt of a rifle and the two-year-old two-year-old yeah and after that he proceeds to stab the already dead Mr. Bartlett repeatedly in the throat you're already dead he wraps Velda's body with bedding takes it to the outhouse and stuffs it in the toilet opening. Betty Jean's body was put into a cardboard box and placed on top of the toilet seat and Marion oh, no. was dumped in the chicken coop behind the house. Carol's part in this is unclear because as we'll see like throughout this story, they have very different stories about Carol's participation in these events. Oh, right. So um, we don't really know what happened, but she, um, what, what, what we do know, okay, what we do know is that she and Charlie stay in the house with her family's bodies in the backyard what? for six days. 
They're basically playing house. They're staying in the house, the parents' bodies and the little sister's body. Where are they peeing? The backyard. I don't know. I guess in the backyard. So they they play house basically until January 27th. Carol would later say that she was not home when the murders occurred and that when she got home, Charlie told her that he was holding her family hostage at a separate location mm. and nope. so that she needed nope. to behave. But you can't use that outhouse. And Charlie, Charlie said that Carol was an active participant in the murders, particularly in her little sister's Betty Jean's yep. murder. Yep. That mm. seems about right. That actually. seems more right to me. Yep. But we'll talk about that at the end. So visitors attempted to come and visit the home during that six, those six days whenever Charlie and Carol were staying in the home and they were turned away by Carol and she even wrote a note which you can find, you can look at the note that says, stay away, everybody is sick with the flu, F-L-U-E. So uh, she's now 14, but it's a 14-year-old girl. Wow. Uh, everyone is sick with the flu. So eventually, family members, they think it's the the grandmother. She became suspicious because um, she came by and they were like, you can't come in here. And she was like, listen, some weird <laughs> shit's going on. If you don't let me inside, I'm going to go call the police. So she leaves and she's like, I'm going to go call the police. And at this time, they packed bags and they went on the run. The bodies were discovered that night. And then earlier that same day, so January 27th, so they leave, they go 20 miles outside of Lincoln to a town called Bennett, Nebraska. They're like, it's the 50s. That's far enough. 20, 20 miles. I know you're in a car that goes like max 45, right? Like, <laughs> right. So you're fine. Um, Carol and Charlie arrive to the remote home of 70-year-old August Meyer. And Mr. Meyer is an old friend. He's an old hunting friend of the Starkweathers. On the way up the lane to uh, August Meyer's house, Charlie's car gets stuck in the mud. So they leave the car and they approach the house by foot. Now, Charlie would say that August Meyer came to the door with his shotgun and like threatened him, which doesn't make sense because they were friends. Like they knew each yeah, other. And, right. and that's that's is it Charlie's friend? Yeah, then? it's his that's family's what, yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they okay. went hunting. Yeah. Charlie and his father went hunting with August. Yeah. So like they knew each other. Yeah. And so Charlie would say that like August came to the door and threatened them with a shotgun. And that's why he shot August. But August was shot in the back of the head. Yeah. He was shot in the back um, at point blank range. Lies. And he also killed Mr. Meyer's dog to keep him from barking. <sighs> so they drag the body to the wash house before going into the house, rummaging for money and valuables and eating cookies and jello. Is there a more teenage thing for you to do? Also, nope. 50s. I don't think that people keep much jello in their fridge. Anthony anymore. likes jello, he keeps it around. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> Aspic. Disgusting. <laughs> um. <laughs> so that night, because the car is still, they get ang- they get antsy when night falls and the car is still stuck in the drive. So they're like, we can't take the car. So they start walking along the highway. As they're walking along the highway, they're approached by two teenagers, two 16 year olds named Robert Jensen and his fiance. Cause it's 1950 something. So right. you have a fiance at 16. Yep. Carol King, not the singer, Carol King. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yep. <clears throat> um, not the singer, Carol <laughs> not the singer, Carol King. Mm-hmm. And so, these two, Robert and Carol, they pull over and they offer them a ride. They're oh. like, you know, young people walking on their own. They're like, hey, do you want a ride wherever you're going? 
Starkweather forces them at gunpoint to drive to an abandoned storm cellar where Robert Jensen is shot six times <sighs> in the head. Why? Carol King is shot in the head and was found, trigger warning, partially nude with her sexual organs stabbed. Oh, my God. Starkweather later denied stabbing Carol King, saying that it was Carol Fugate who did it. It sounds like Carol. Right. And many believe that to be the truth, that, like, like, she got jealous. Yep. Like, you know, of the other Carol, because it's not like what what Starkweather has done in the past. And so like when we go through these killings, cause there's a lot of them. So like when we go through them, God. like to me, it sounds like most of the stabbings seem like Carol Fugate to me. Mm-hmm. And like most of the shootings seem like, yeah, the stabbing Starkweather, but we can't know for sure. Um, God. So do, 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 do. Um, at this point, they take Robert Jensen's car and they begin driving west with the plan to go to Washington where Charlie had a brother. After three hours on the road, they change their mind. They turn around and go back to Lincoln. I have no fucking idea why That's they decided to do this. That's fucking bizarre. It's so weird. That's the weirdest part of the Because they're like the running from the law and then they turn around and go back to their hometown. Yeah. It's really weird. So around 8 a.m. on January 28th, Fugate and Starkweather go into a large house in the wealthiest part of Lincoln, and they hold the occupants, Clara Ward and her maid, um, Lillian. It's spelled fancy, but it's pronounced like Finkel. Everything I've said have, has looked like Finkel. So hmm. um, Lillian Finkel captive at gunpoint all day until 6 p.m. So from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., they hold them captive. Uh, and that's when Clara's husband, C. Laura, C. Laura, Ward gets home from work. So Laura Ward, um, his body is found just inside the door. So I don't even know if he like made it in or if they just took him out right away. He was shot in the back and through the temple. Clara was in the bed, was on the bedroom floor. She was dead from multiple stab wounds. See, like all the women die yeah. from stab wounds. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's strange. And, um, Lillian, the maid was found tied to the bed and she was stabbed multiple times in her chest and stomach. She's... And she also had defensive wounds on her like arms and her hands. Wow. Um, Lincoln. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Oh, and it's, we're not done. Yeah. Lincoln Jesus. goes into a, a panic at this point because like they thought once they were gone, they were fucking gone. Like they weren't going to come back. Right. And so now they're back um, and they've gone into the wealthiest part of town mm-hmm. and killed some people. So they're in a panic. Classes are canceled. People are getting their guns out and they're holding up in their homes. The National Guard shows up. It's basically like a full on terror and a, a full on like manhunt at this point. So uh, we, yeah, we really don't know why they went back. Yeah, to Lincoln. It's it doesn't make bizarre. any sense. There's no information no. on why because they did. It's so stupid. No, it doesn't make any sense. All I can think of is they're 13 and 18, and they're just stupid. Yeah, yeah I mean, at this point, they're 14. And they and, if you're under 20, they're 14 you're and 19 stupid. at this point. But but yeah, like I mean, I don't really know what else it could be because after they kill the wards, they take their big black Packard car and they head back out west. So I'm like, why the fuck did you go back? It doesn't right. make any sense. Yeah. Is um, there something like what? Yeah. like I have no idea. I don't know. I No one knows. They never yeah. said. So the next day, they crossed the state line into Wyoming. And when passing through Douglas, Wyoming, they decide that they need to dump the Packard. They think it's too conspicuous. It has Nebraska plates. They need to dump it. So they see a car by the side of the road. 
and they decide to pull over and take the car that's like on the side of the road. But there is a man sleeping in the car. There's a um, salesman, a traveling salesman named bye bye. Merle uh, Collison, and he's sleeping in the car. So Starkweather shoots him nine times. Jeez, it's, it's overkill. So it's like too necessary. much. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, yeah, it, it's, it's excessive. It's crazy. Jesus. Um, but he is unable to release the emergency brake on the car. So there's a good Samaritan who pulls up who's basically like, need help there, buddy? Like, I can help you like with that. What's all that red stuff? Yeah. Hey, what's that? Did you that? spill some wine back there? <laughs> so Starkweather points the gun at him and says if he doesn't release the brake, he'll shoot him. But the man, Joe Sprankle, he's like a big guy. And he fought back and he manages to wrestle the gun away from Charlie. So with Starkweather disarmed, and this is just like dumb luck, a fucking sheriff's deputy pulls up and is like, what's up? He arrives on the scene. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. As soon as... (laughs) No, whoop, whoop. <laughs> as soon as Carol sees on, him, yeah. she screams, It's Starkweather. He's trying to kill me. <gasps> and Starkweather runs for it at that time, gets in his car, and Carol runs to the officer and is like, I've been held hostage and captive this whole this time. Bitch. Mm-hmm. No loyalty. These hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> um, <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> Despite. So a high speed car chase ensues and the cops are like pew 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 they're shooting at the pew, back of the car right pew pew pew, pew, pew. Um, and a bullet ends up going is this Star Wars? <laughs> exactly. They're using like laser guns. Laser guns. Lasers. Lasers. Um, a bullet ends up going through the back of the car and it pierces Charlie's ear. You can actually see in some of the arrest photos there's a hole like in the back of his ear because a oh bullet went through it. Um Aww. And so he, I I know, right? Like he gets shot through the back of the ear and then immediately pulls over. Like he's like, ow, and like pulls the car over and is arrested without incident. Like he stops, he stops running. He's He's just like, ow, that hurt. Like uh, I'll pull over now. So 11 people, 11 people died during the killing spree. (gasps) 10 of them within eight days. They just fucking 11 people most of them within a 10-day span. Right. Or within an eight-day span, I'm sorry. So Carol maintained the entire time that she was an unwilling hostage throughout the spree. Both were charged with first-degree murder. Starkweather insisted that he killed in self-defense. Okay. Everybody. I shot him nine times. Even if he needed to kill a two-year-old. Really? It was self-defense. She is very feisty. Yeah, you didn't understand. Like, she would not stop. No, never mind. Okay. Um, Anyway, so... (laughs) I can't. I can't. Um, Initially, he said that Fugate had nothing to do with the crimes. They both maintained that she had nothing to do with it. But then he pretty quickly changed his story. Um, He even took lie detector tests to say that, like, this was her involvement. She was involved. She was actually, you know the mastermind behind a good portion of this and not that they're admissible in court and not that there are, you know, not that you can't, you know, be a lie detector test, but the lie detector test did back up his claim that like she was involved in an active participant in the events. Um, The matron who was assigned because she doesn't have any parents now. So there was a matron who was assigned 
to her to like yeah i don't want to i'm actually full up yeah i'm sorry i'm busy uh, i'm busy yeah. that day Ooh, all I, the days all vacation. the days of that trial um i am on vacation <laughs> but there was a matron who's assigned to be with carol after her arrest and she believed through her time with her that she was not a victim and that she was in fact the brains behind the entire operation because she did not she did not say anything unless she was speaking to the judge or the jury or on the stand or talking to police officers. That was the only time she ever said that she was a victim. Whenever she was with like just hanging out, she didn't really show any emotion. She didn't really seem Mm. like um, a a victim at all. So after a two month trial, a jury found both Starkweather and Fugate guilty of first degree murder. Starkweather was sentenced to death and the now 15-year-old Fugate was sentenced to life in prison. Those who observed the trial said that Carol was unemotional throughout until she was found guilty, and then she cried. It was the only time she cried was when they found her guilty. Neither one of them showed any remorse. They never said that they were sorry. I mean, of course, Carol maintained that she was a victim throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, most believe that he drove the murders. He was the one who decided, like, we're going to do this thing. He, of course, committed the first murder probably without her knowing. Right. But once well, it got seal. started... Yeah. yeah, he broke the seal. But once it got started, she was a willing participant yeah. in the entire thing. Um, and... Starkweather claims that Fugate is the one who killed most of the women out of jealousy. Like she did. Yeah. She did the women, the stabbing. Yeah. At 14. Um, Starkweather was executed by electric chair at the Nebraska State Penitentiary in Lincoln, Nebraska at 12.04 a.m. on June 25th, 1959. So they wasted no time. Um, He is buried in Wyuka Cemetery in Lincoln, along with five of his victims, wow. including Mr. and Mrs. Carol Ward. They're in the wow. same cemetery. Wow. Yes, it is fucked up to the families. Um, Fugate was convicted as an accomplice and received a life sentence. Um, she was paroled in June 1976 after serving 17 and a half years at the Nebraska Correctional Center for Women in enough. York, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I feel the same. That does not feel long enough. Um, she ended up settling in Lansing, Michigan. She changed her name and right. worked as a janitor in the Lansing Hospital. Mm. Fugate then married Frederick Claire. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Hot take. I don't know if our listeners heard that. Damn, Amy. I'm sorry. That is can you can you repeat can you repeat why she worked as a janitor at the Lansing Hospital? Well, she's garbage. (laughs) Yikes! I mean, honestly, throw the whole person away. Wow. So, um, (laughs) out of the mouths of babes. Amen. She ended Amen. up getting married to a guy named Frederick Clare in 2007. And we'll find each other. And well, well, okay. I can't, I can't even Tinder. get, I can't even fucking get a guy a to text commit back, to go right to a fucking pool party. <laughs> Unbelievable. So that's a plenty of fish matchup if I ever heard of one. <laughs> but guys, guys, listen, 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 listen. Okay, we're back. She, Sorry. 
Carol Ann Claire, as she she was now Carol Ann Claire. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She was living in Stryker, Ohio. Oh, God damn it. Ohio, I know. When she was seriously injured in a car accident on August 5th, 2013, her husband was killed in the car crash. Ooh. She lived. Her husband was killed. Mm. She's alive. She's still alive to this mm. day. I watched an interview with her um, that she did in either the 80s or the 90s. Who was driving? Um, I, oh, I don't know. I don't know who was driving. Yeah, I think so. I think she's okay. She was seriously injured. She was hospitalized, but I think she's all right. Um, but I watched an interview, guys, because I was like, I want to yeah. watch an interview. I want to see this like, bitch. Like her now. This and, like, bitch. Right. Because you want to, yeah, yeah. you watch the videos because you're like, I want to see something, right? Like, yeah. I want to see what's going on. And she was telling her side, she's maintaining that she was a victim through the whole thing, that it, she was a hostage through the whole thing. She didn't know her family was dead. She thought okay. that, you know, and she starts crying, I say in quotes, throughout this interview. And... Again, Crying with you no know, tears. They, they talk on My Favorite Murder about Kara, uh, Karen talks about how mad it makes her. And maybe it's an L.A. thing. I don't know. Whenever you can watch somebody and you're like, that's fucking bad acting. Yes. And like, what's her face? Uh, Routier or whatever Who? that killed killed her kids. Oh, 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 yeah. Mm. Darlie. Yeah. Oh, we've had this conversation. Yeah. Um, no, I'm so torn on that Cassie's one. Cassie's on the fence. But yeah, you know who I will say is who who was Princess Di, Di? Not Princess Di, but the one who like tried to act like she looked like her who killed her kids. Oh, God. There's so Her many. acting was super S- bad. Uh, Su- Susan, Susan Smith. Downs. 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 Diane Downs. Diane Downs. Oh, Downs. Yes. Diane Downs. Yeah, um, her too. But Ooh. same Ooh. with this woman. Like, I watched this that woman. Bitch, Diane Downs. And this is like 50 years later or whatever. And I'm watching her and I'm like, it's probably not 50 years, probably like 40 years later. And I'm watching her and she's crying about her family being murdered. And I'm, yeah, I'm not seeing any tears. Mm. It's the most like fake ass fucking crying I've ever seen. And people are very divided on whether or not she was a victim or an accomplice. Like people stand very strongly in one camp or the other. Mm. Well, it's, it is, there is part of me that's like, okay, how culpable can you make a 13 year old 14 but yes yeah, yeah 13, 14 14 no, now here's difference. the thing i was a fucking crazy ass fucking 13 year old yeah, so fucking insane yeah i actually managed to get through that without going on a murder spree same right i do think that there yeah. has to be Even something with cassie you yeah 100 percent. same good yeah same amy, amy? Well, but you weren't. But I wasn't. But you weren't. But I wasn't. And you know, I used to say that too, though. Every day. I used to say all the time. In jail or in prison, dead. straight up orange is the new black. What's up? Um, you know, and they do talk a lot, especially in Born to Kill and in other things I've watched about that. You know, folly I do thing yeah. where yeah. it's just like there is something that happens when you're with somebody who mm-hmm. is essentially rebuilding your entire worldview as being like sure. this is a thing that is okay. And you're so young. and you're so young, so you're your brain is so malleable. Young. So your you're brain is malleable. Child. But she's smart enough that when that deputy pulled up, she yeah. knew I need to act like a victim. So what that the what that may makes me think is she had that fucking plan in the I mean, back yeah. of her mind and she knew she that was she like, was like if we ever get caught she's very smart but like i mean and it's those things that make me think that like because it is also obviously he was hot-headed he could fly off the handle he could kill somebody he was right. capable of that he demonstrated that before he killed her parents right but also 
you know, when I was watching this thing, they had a forensic psychologist on there who was like, I don't know that people ever really examined that maybe it was her idea, like that he kill her parents or right, that they right. kill her parents. Right. You know what I mean? Because she would have had more well, of a stake in that. Yeah. And what also, I don't care? believe he shot. He shot them several times. There was stabbing involved in the house. You're telling me she came home because her story, when you watch this interview, mm-hmm. is that she came home and he was hiding behind the door with a gun and he was like, I am holding your family at another location and like, if you with don't go blood. along with me, yeah, where's the blood? Like, that's uh, what I'm saying is no. like, so you're and saying... And you can't use your outhouse. Yeah. So even though we're going to stay here for six days, six days, don't go pee in there. Right. Yeah. Don't go into the chicken coop. Don't go, go into the outhouse. <laughs> go like, in the kitchen sink. How? You're fine. This is You're fine. fine. It's this really, is how we do now. It's really difficult to fathom that she could not have known. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how? Like, maybe she wasn't as complicit. But if that's the case, then don't straight out lie about it. Like, come out and say, like, I knew that this thing happened, but I was scared. Like, that no, would have been way more believable exactly. than I had no fucking clue. Right. And I was a complete victim for day. Like she had so many opportunities to get away. Right. And didn't. Um, it was, let me see. Uh, eight days. It was the spree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and went, she, she went from place to place to place right. with this guy. Multiple opportunities to quote unquote escape. Escape. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and in theory, she there were also multiple times when she had weapons. Mm-hmm. Like you're telling, you know, I'm, and I, I understand fear can do a lot to a person. Right. And like maybe she was scared, but it just doesn't come across that like, OK, when there's a police there, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I'm being held hostage. Right. You know, it makes I don't me know. think she com- she come up with that. Right, in her right. Head. And it's like, at well, some this point, happens, she decided. My, yeah, at some point, she I decided. Yeah. yeah. So the Starkweather Fugate spree inspired several films, including The Sadist in 1963, Badlands in 1973, California, the one with the K, in 1993. Oh my God. Um, Natural Born Killers in 1994, mm-hmm. The Frighteners California. in 1996. So, and um, Starkweather's electrocution by electric chair in 1959 was the last execution in Nebraska until 1994. Wow. So. Who was 1994? Oh, I don't know. You don't know your notes? I'm so sorry. I didn't look it up. (laughs) I'm all curious. That's like. But yeah, I mean, it had a huge footprint on pop culture and it made me think of it when you did Bonnie and Clyde, because to me. This is more of like that's a hella spree. The spree, you know yeah. what I mean? Like a couple spree, whereas like Bonnie and Clyde, well, at least Bonnie and Clyde, I feel like Clyde had like a motive, motive right? Yeah, this a was mission. just fucking blood mayhem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no reasoning. Whereas like it was cool to learn that Clyde like had a mission. He's like, I'm gonna fucking right. it's not destroy okay, this prison. Yeah. It's not okay, but it like it, you make it make sense in your head. You're like, I get it. I think he went to that all, prison. He got fucking abused yeah. and shit. And I'm like, A it's plus like B will see yeah. the end. Yeah, I think what's Whereas hard about Starkweather just... and Fugate is that like, yes, they were like mm, troubled teens or like whatever. But, but then like, we're not, all troubled teens. Right. We're all troubled yes. teens. Yes. It, all, it always people. sucks. Right. Yeah. We all have nihilistic worldviews yeah. when we're fucking like seven. I have a nihilistic worldview right now. I actually was. I've been listening to this new podcast. Well, it's new to me i just found it um i gotta look it up i think it's called suspicion hold on one second and it reminds me of this story because 
a suspicion yeah because this woman ends up with like two dead husbands and i'm like okay here's the thing i believe in coincidences mm-hmm. i think and and like lightning two can dead strike hus- twice two dead sure. husbands and like a dead son like lightning okay yeah. so that's Listen. three that's three times <laughs> i you like that you had us until the, the sun we well, were like you buried I don't the know. lead <laughs> so now we're like mm, well the sun i'm suspicious like a car accident but the two husbands it, it's suspicious at any rate called suspicion yeah here's the thing how many dead people how many people do you know that were murdered Ooh, Amy can't say. I, I mean, I, I do know a couple of people who were murdered, like, but I think I'm an unusual case. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people do not. Yeah. yeah. I, I do not know anyone who was murdered. I have one friend who has been murdered. I have friends who've died. I have one friend in my entire life that I know who's full on murdered. murdered. I, I would say two. Yeah. I have two. I yeah. can't think of any off the top of my head who have been murdered. That's I mean, like, that's not. It's common. it's not common. No, it is not common. And in fact, like I would say that the average person, I think that we have more people that we know who are murdered in this room than most Anybody people ever do. do. Say, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Because um, I do think it's very uncommon. Yeah. 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 I mean, at some point you got to be like, Okay. Am I attracting this? Yeah. <laughs> Am I drawing this to me? Let me check my horoscope. Yeah, yeah. honestly. Is Mercury in retrograde? Should I stay inside? Again. Maybe I should just Again. stay inside today. Like, not go outside. Yeah. Maybe I should go out and get a motive. I mean, uh, an alibi. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean uh, a motive. I meant oh. alibi, yes. <laughs> Did I? Oh, my God. That was so good. Wow. I, I like, ugh. That one, I mean, I that one has stuck with me. And as soon as you told Bonnie and Clyde, I was like, "Yeah, that's the first thing that popped into my head." Dude, I was that's like, a "Fucking!" And that wild guy story. was such a. The first time I saw him, I was like, "That guy is trying to be James Dean. Yeah. Like he is leaning yeah. so hard into that like persona." It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of my dad. My dad was born in 1939. And, yeah, you know, grew up in mm-hmm. that same era. Mm-hmm. Hitchhiked. You know, I've told the crazy ass stories. He rode a boat, bicycle. Um, up the stairs of a school, you know. Yeah, what I mean? like, yeah, that, you got yeah. that kind of yeah. like rebel without a cause. Yes, that was definitely, and you that know? was hot. I re- I remember the first time I saw Rebel Without a Cause, and I was like, "Excuse me, James Dean." I keep running <laughs> away so from, from folly ado cases, mm. but they're just this one. I think is a I think they're fascinating. Ado. I mean, because yeah. you have you have like the Ken and Barbie one, that uh, Bernardo, yeah, yeah, and then you have. The Moore's murders. Oh, that one's heavy. That one hurts. I don't know that one. Oh, yeah, you know you it because you've probably heard yeah, it on you MFM. Fucking do. Oh, yeah, you know you it have. if you heard it. Um, it's Ian and Moira, I think. Yeah, uh, Hinley. Okay. Hinley. Oh, okay. Myra. Sorry, Myra, Myra Hinley, Hinley. Yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian. Um, what's but they face? are so fascinating because there's such a give and take. They're also not all the same, right? You you well, struggle yeah. with the culpability of like where where that line is. And this one for me always was like difficult because I do think she I absolutely yeah. fucking think that she was involved. But what's her culpability as a 13-year-old kid? Well, I mean, and, and it's and, really you know, difficult it, and it's like what is 13? Cuz 13 now 14. is very yeah, different yeah. from 14 back in the right. 50s. You right. know, and it's just sure. like, ugh. like and I mean, how, uh, where do you There's I also mean, wrong across all boards but like where was her brain at and it's fucking fascinating part of what makes born to kill so good too is that at the end they have people who like talk about like you know was it nature was it nurture like Mm. what was going Mm -hmm. on with these people and they do talk about like listen 
of course, you know right from wrong at 14. You definitely know right from wrong at 19. You know that this is not something that you should be doing. However, like when they were talking about their decision making, turning around to go to, back to Lincoln and all that stuff, it's like it's partially because that frontal part of your brain is it's fucking not, not developed. Not there. So at 19 or at 14, it's not developed yet. So you don't have a full grasp on like logical what long term consequences yeah. are and like logical thinking. They weren't playing that game. No, exactly. consequences. they were game. not playing consequences Dude, at all. Dude, I've been playing that all my fucking life. He may not have been autistic, but he had some learning difficulties yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Wow. What is is Born to Kill the one with that Patricia chick on it with the fucking makeup and the hair? Um, <laughs> the makeup and the hair. I think you know she's in. I know exactly who you're talking about. You know about. who I'm she's talking British? about? No, she's not British. She talks like this. She was like, oh. he was in the car oh, no but was she oh, i know really driving it? you are she talking about talks like this? women who kill yes yes, yes. and, and, and her name's like patricia something she's like an fbi prof- mm-hmm. profiler she has the makeup and the hair i know you there's know a I'm british version of her who does born to kill sometimes yes, yes and but, i know exactly what you're talking about but yeah 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 mm-hmm. i think her name's patricia or whatever but I'm she's like, kind of obnoxious girl. but i still watch she's those shows the obnoxious <laughs> but i'm like girl no but born to kill is good i would suggest like if you guys are just bored and like you want to watch like some youtube but like some good youtube documentaries yeah. i think they have one on ted bundy they have one on jeffrey dahmer they've got, they've got like, all of, all your, of the, all the serial killer ones. all yeah. of the hits yeah all of the hits, all the hits. um yeah. so you can go Yikes. and watch that yeah. yeah yikes on bikes sorry guys but yeah. i mean true that is what it is um you can go and watch that it is it is good. funny to see like the difference between like what you're talking about like folly ado like mm-hmm. you look at like when you look at a case like this these two I, I I'm with you. Like they clearly were in cahoots. They were, and not to say that Bonnie and Clyde weren't in cahoots, right. but I think on all accounts, everyone said, well, I everyone, think, everyone has yeah. said Bonnie shot no one. Bonnie yeah. didn't kill anyone. I think the interesting she about Folly Ado is that like they're driving each other, right? Sure. Whereas yeah. like I think Starkweather probably would have done and did do things like on his own, but, but like I don't know if Carol would have if she hadn't had. I, I think she's absolutely like sure a psychopath, but I also think that like they amplified each other. She wouldn't have done anything if she hadn't had somebody who could have gotten her kickstarted. Right. No, you know thing, what I mean? And that's like, the thing would is that have there done are, everything he did with or without Bonnie. Period. There are female yeah. psychopaths. But because we're socialized yes. different, I feel like when a folly ado situation allows females to be violent on a physical level when we normally wouldn't be sure. like female psychopaths. Right. Like I think Myra because Henley was just as like psychopathic and psychopathic as Correct. Ian Brady, but she yep. probably wouldn't have done what she did no, if, if it he wasn't. hadn't kickstarted no, that female, shit. Female yeah. you know psychopaths I mean? tend to do like self harm or they do harm to kids or like all kinds of other it's weird a distant shit. Kind of it's harm. A distant it's not thing. as personal as like Correct. I'm gonna stab you or I'm gonna or we shoot sit around you. and talk shit about everybody oh yeah. wait no is that not part of that God. <laughs> we write in our burn book exactly you can't sit she's with us. a bitch <laughs> that's damn right you're right i'm so sorry thank god heart. well we can't we can't really do what we're listening to this week because we're we're double recording and we just I mean, we just finished i'm something. listening to uh that show yes suspicion. Suspicion. suspicion i'm definitely gonna look that it's, up it's not for sure new. it ended in december last year and it was actually it's but it's actually pretty interesting it's a pretty oh god, interesting I story i heard i heard mfm talk about cold and i wanted <gasps> to scream too. in the radio i was like karen 
We're you know I, why are you not listening? Like I, I wanted keep to cold hear Karen's mm-hmm. viewpoint on the fucking tampons in the bag. Yeah. I just wanted to know. But you know, <laughs> I also understand people who can't do that because it is it's like, cause so I have a high threshold for that shit yeah. and listening to cold made me like want to tear my own Dude, face pe- off. People who self record, that's a whole nother <laughs> level. Oh, the clearing high that motherfucker recorded everything. Um, but, but yeah, I keep cold around Wait, on my podcast. Is at Edwards. He didn't yeah, record it. Yes. Yeah. He oh, did. you're right. You're right. You're all right, of right. his shit In is fact, recorded. Episode, you're yes. Right. So, he recorded yes. all of his shit. He that's kept right. it all that's like right. conversations with everyone. Yep. Yep. And like, yeah, that's, Shit is Bernans. It is um, Bernans. But like, I keep cold Oof. around because I keep waiting for fucking updates. I'm like, please, please. I keep root of evil around for the same reason. Same, I'm like, right? someone yep. please give me like good news that Still comes out of subscribe. this bullshit. No, I mean, I and think, not a commercial think, for another podcast, please. Honestly, I get so excited. I'm like, oh, there's a new episode, oh. and I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not gonna listen to ephemeral. I'm sorry. So we're done here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not if gonna for, listen to insomnia for cold. It's just like. You know, we know, we know he did it. We know he did it. Yeah. We know he did it. Yeah. No one's going to do but anything. I want proof. I they're want not, them to find no her body. Gonna, they're, they're, gonna they're, not gonna, they're not going to spend more money. They're not going to find her body. They're not going to spend another they've, minute they've of time. They've closed it. They're not going to spend another minute of time. Or and that's, dime of money. Yeah. That's, oh my God. It was MFM where they were talking about that, um, that law that they made. <gasps> In yes. England, that I think is just fucking incredible, where yes. they deny anyone's parole unless they tell. You better tell me where that body is. You better tell me yes. where that fucking body is. Oh my god! Fuck yes. We absolutely have to I love have that. that here. I love it. We have to have that here. I love it. You okay? Like you, you have to give give closure if you want. Ugh, I just you thought closure, that I was like, I, I can't believe that's not a rule. That's I love a it. fucking brilliant rule yeah but it also too it takes somebody from saying who's probably been saying for years i'm innocent i'm innocent i'm innocent to saying i'm guilty mm-hmm. am Here's i gonna get parole yeah that's the other thing is that we don't yeah. parole the same way that they do overseas where they they give like 20 years and they get out you know well, sooner sorry carol ann fucking got the fuck out i know she mm. did living in michigan <sighs> ohio no she was oh, in yeah. ohio striker then, ohio she wasn't living there was she oh i don't know she was Can't driving through. That's what my, my <laughs> You're like, said. I blocked out everything yeah, else. Let's try to see if she's on Instagram. We'll tag her. Hey, at Carol, you're on my worst date I, I found Ted Bundy's, um, the woman that he married whenever he <gasps> proposed her on the stand. I found her on Facebook. No. His granddaughter looks just like him. We'll save that for when we finish up here. I'll show you. I saved oh, the picture. Shit. It's on my phone. What? His granddaughter looks, his granddaughter looks like Wait, Ted, Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yes. Yes. Girl, let's wrap this up. And I will show you. Well, we're going to go drink. And yes, yes, if you have stories and see Ted Bundy shit. Exactly. Go hang out with your girlfriends, your guy friends, your friend friends, whatever. But if you have stories, if you want to reach out, if you want to say hi, go to our one-stop shop of a website. That's myworstdatepodcast.com. We love to hear from you. And we love you so much. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.